Refresh your career with a blended learning course at Griffith College, a flexible study option that combines online and in-class lectures. Dublin, Cork, Limerick. Visit griffith.ie. Welcome to the first of the second round of the Disney vs. Disney debates, the podcast where we are going to definitively figure out which is the best Disney film ever made. I am your grandmaster and host, Zane C. Weber. Here with me today, I have two debaters going to debate which is the better Disney film. Is it The Incredibles or is it Toy Story? This is going to get dirty. This is going <laughs> to get intense. Is so that before, a I, before I introduce them, <laughs> debaters, I'm going to introduce my fact checker. Fact checking us all the way to the end is none other than Georgie Purdy. Hello. Well, thank you. That's nice. So Georgie's going to get... George is going to keep us honest today. <laughs> now, arguing for The Incredibles is none other than veteran debater at this point, Stacey Hobbs. Hey, ho. How are you going, Stacey? Look, <laughs> I'm all right. You feeling confident? I, well, yes. Hydrated? Well, yes. Well rested? No. <laughs> I am getting over a very horrible cold. Yes. And I have been yelling at teenagers all day. Oh. So has planted Hopefully the cold. my voice holds out. Um, well, we'll see. Let's just, we'll try not to yell too much. Well, that can't yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, I it's mean, that's, I don't know if that can be. And arranged. representing Toy Story is returned beta. First time debating for Toy Story. Yes. Mr. Patrick Aiken. Hello, thank you so much. And I would like to point out that I have played um, Stacey's husband in the show. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this is about to this get is domestic. It's going to get uncomfortable. This Personal truths argument. will be revealed. Uh, it, yeah, it's going to get uncomfortable for everyone involved. And I don't I think things will ever be the same. I am interested to see how these personal details are going to factor into a Disney yeah, debate. I don't, I don't know how that helps, but I've got it. It is fact checked. It is correct, guys. It did happen. So, this is. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was there. Fact checked. And so we're saying, we were all there. So this is the first of our second round debates, and we do have a new format in this round. Mm. There will be three rounds of debate. The opening debate will be the opening round will be six minutes in which you state the pros and the pros of your film and the cons of your opponents. Mm. Then we'll take a little break and we'll come back with a cross-examination round where I and the fact checker, if they so choose, can grill you about points that you have made or maybe even points that you've tried to avoid about your film. Mm. We'll take another little break. We'll come back with three minutes for your closing arguments and then I will do the impossible and make a choice about <laughs> which of these films is the better Disney film. We're going to make the pos impossible possible. That's Zane. right. One of us at least. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have rolled so a dice and discerned that uh, Patrick Aiken will be going first defending Toy Story. So Patrick... Your time will start when you start talking. You will get a warning at five minutes and that warning will sound like this. And at six, you'll be cut off very rudely by Darkwing Duck saying... The jig is up, you jaded jug-headed jack-in-the-box! Oh, that's rude. That's right. You jaded jughead jack-in-the-box. <laughs> <laughs> so your time starts when you start talking. Okay, well, I deliberately didn't listen to the last Toy Story episode because one, if I say the same points, it just proves that they are true. And two, if I say different points, it means that Toy Story has that much to offer. Ladies and gentlemen, Toy Story is the first fully digital film and Pixar's first film ever, released in 1995. It came out before the Nintendo 64, but it looks great. For a film that came out before the most basic of 3D graphics in home media and started the computer animated trend, which is now the center point and mainstay of family cinema, Toy Story Story invented a film genre and remains one of the best pieces of art within that genre to this day. It has a 100% positive aggregation review score and I'm genuinely upset that Toy Story is up against The Incredibles so early because I do like The Incredibles. But on rewatch, it's clear that Toy Story is not only the better film, but remains one of the best films of modern cinema. We can know this objectively through comparisons of what the films offer in the way of characters, story, music, themes and legacy. 
But at the end of the day, while The Incredibles is good, everything that The Incredibles does, Toy Story does better. Let's talk about characters. Toy Story has one of the greatest ensemble casts of all cinema, not just the Disney film canon. The film obviously centers on the enemies to friends arc of Woody the Cowboy and Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger. The characterization and voice work by Tom Hanks and Tim Allen respectively is out of this world. Hanks plays Woody as the acopic suddenly second best with the um, second best friend with the perfect balance of charm and sarcasm, the comedy of Woody being absolutely je a jealous little stinker, while in complete denial about his own insecurity is brilliant, and the moments of warm leadership he gets are why the entire world has fallen in love with him, and why the film has started a perfect enduring legacy and franchise that runs to this day. On revisiting the film, I was genuinely amazed by Tim Allen's work, the performance of Buzz as a deluded toy who believes himself to be an actual space ranger, and the sadness and hilarity of his realisation that he isn't the man he believes he is, is Alan's best acting work ever. No exceptions, I won't hear anything against it. <laughs> but The Incredibles does have a good cast of leads too. While the voice acting across its leads isn't as good or as inspired as our leads in Toy Story, the performance by Holly Hunter is brilliant. But what sets Toy Story apart and ahead of The Incredibles is the outstanding supporting cast of characters. Toy Story isn't just the story of Woody and Buzz. It's the story of Woody, Buzz, Slink, Bo Peep, Ham, Mr. Potato Head, Rex, the toy soldiers who are brilliant, Lenny the Binoculars, Arcee the adorable cast, Sketch, and the amazing cast of Sid's toys who all brim with personality and genius. These characters don't just exist within the movie, but are played with clear histories, relationships, and individualized motivations. Um, the cast of Toy Story has touched its viewers in a way that they feel like old friends. We know who they are, they are and we love them. The Incredibles lacks that. The supporting cast of The Incredibles exists only as narrative stock for The Incredibles to interact with, where they fall short in depth, complexity, and realism, and the heart that the cast of characters that Toy Story gives us. Let's talk about music. The obvious starting point in discussing Toy Story's brilliant score and soundtrack by Randy Newman is the song that became an emblem for Pixar, Disney, and cemented the style of the entire franchise going forward. Um, the song You've Got a Friend in Me as a is a work of genius by Randy Newman. Everyone knows and loves it, and it captures the tone of the film perfectly. It's warm, hopeful, and wistful. But there are other fantastic songs, and this soundtrack is not a one-hit pony. Strange Things, the song that plays in the montage of Woody's changing relationship with Buzz and Andy, is amazing and has amazing black back... Um, Backing vocals that are reminiscent of the Blues Brothers and the very best of Midwestern rock. And of course, I Will Go Sailing No More is equal parts inspiring and earth-shattering as the song that details when Buzz realises he is a toy, decides to try and defy that fate as a toy and fly through the window over Sid's staircase only to fall to the floor, shattered emotionally and physically. But it's not just that. The soundtrack goes into a score which is brilliant. It feels like the very best work of Danny Elfman, and the entire film is musically brilliant as it jumps between tone like the film itself does. Now, cinematography. The camera work and scene design within the film is flawless. What the direction achieves in regard to conducting the audience through the film is brilliant. Toy Story uses framing and viewpoints with confidence and achievement. It takes us from a documentary style where we see the toys as the humans see them, then down onto the level of the toys where we can interact and empathize with them. By placing the audience physically with the toys in their world, we understand their issues, their concerns, and we can, in a, in a way that is absolutely genius, engage in the inerrant, inherent comedy, drama, and sometimes even horror of the dramatic tension that exists between the toys in a world that doesn't realise they are alive. But then we get a film that uses that as a device by suddenly taking us out of that framing so we can then look at how wide and scary the world is around them. In moments like the gas station where suddenly it zooms out and you realise that Woody and Bud, who have been in close-ups the entire scene, are suddenly tiny and nearly hidden in the frame as the world is ever more dangerous and terrifying in the around them. Every object becomes an insurmountable obstacle, which makes the joy and triumph of watching the cast overcome it all so much more exciting. These aren't superheroes with powers that can do everything until Inventor decides to invent a MacGuffin to artificially stifle them. There is reality in the stakes, and the obstacles in Toy Story are real. We understand them because they are real, and that's why it's special. Now, Toy Story is a cheeky film with its story. It was designed as a kid's movie, but it's actually a high-profile action film. It's a series of multiple heists that take the very best from films like Indiana Jones and The Great Escape to bring us into what is a world of excitement and action and ever-rising stakes. It perfectly balances the theme of obstacle, characters overcoming obstacle, 
and then a spanner in the works that makes everything so much worse. And the tension builds and builds and builds. It starts off with a heist of the toy soldiers trying to figure out what new toys Andy's going to get for his birthday. And then all of a sudden our cast is sent to a pizza restaurant where they have to dramatically weave in between arcade machines to try and get into the pram only to find themselves in a claw machine where the all the jig is up, you up jaded junk and a jack in the box. No, I'm out of time. No! <laughs> That is unfortunately <laughs> it. Uh, that's a lot of points. Uh, so There's a lot in that. That is our starting point. Stacey? Oh, can I just fact check? Oh, please. Oh, yeah. Did you Dude. say the music was by Danny Elfman? No, I said um, I think it's bet- it does what Danny Elfman does better than Danny Elfman, but the movie, the music is by Randy, Randy Newman. Newman. Yeah, that's yes. what I was just like, wait, what did you say about that? Because it's no. all by Randy Newman. No, the score has Pixar elements film. of those um, – things that yeah. we think about with okay. Danny Elfman, but it's done so well by said. Randy Newman. First Pixar film, correct, and whatnot. It did come out before the Nintendo 64. Yes, I did. did just double-check it by a year. <laughs> One year. One year, people. And but the yes. N64 is what we judge all we, 3D yeah, animation I, I judge that. <laughs> but I think, I think it's good context. So I hope, Stace, that you have got Because you need to, you need to look at what the Nintendo 64 did look like and then realise what <laughs> Toy Story did when it was being developed before years it. before that. That's a good point. Quite Correct. Mm. Now, before Patrick squeezes any other points, I've just got a couple more things I'd like to say. Just a few more things off the board. We will turn to you, Stacey, and your time will start with your opening arguments when you start talking. The Incredibles is not only an incredible piece of cinema, but it is the best film that Disney Pixar has created to date. Although it uh, altogether it won 67 awards with another 55 nominations and more than Toy Story, including two Oscars for Best Animated Feature Film and Sound Editing, it was also the first entirely animated film to win the prestigious Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. The Incredibles was the first CGI animated full-length feature film which had humans in the lead roles. Creating an all-human cast required creating new technology to animate detailed human anatomy, clothing and realistic skin and hair. The story was bigger than any prior story at the studio, was longer in running time and had four times the number of locations. The supervising technical director noted that the hardest thing about the film was that there was no hardest thing, alluding to the amount of new technological challenges. Fire, water, air, smoke, steam and explosions were all additional to the new difficulty of working with humans. While Toy Story was influential in the way that it was the first CGI feature film it did do didn't do anything beyond telling a typical disney-esque story it was a fine movie but it was still very much in the realm of animated movies the incredibles was not only technologically influential but was also a great movie and a great superhero movie way before superhero movies were popular in the all the enormous bankable entity that they are in a post mcu world the incredibles is a fantastic example of storytelling that creates a complete world the movie opens with scratchy film like interviews of the superheroes and their youth introducing the audience to the world of superheroes We see these characters in their prime, which builds up our buy-in and understanding of how difficult it is for them to adjust and accept the mundane when the movie jumps forward in time to after the superheroes were forced to assimilate. The story is classic Disney magic because it moves everyday problems into a fantastic fictional universe. The characters feel real and relatable. Um, as these superheroes are flawed and oddly enough human Frozone can't use his ice powers if he is dehydrated Mr Incredible relies on his strength too much and is afraid to be vulnerable average Mrs Incredible has body insecurities and while Edna seems full of confidence the fact that she can so easily bring up the names times and methods of past superheroes deaths from capes which she likely designed herself and the fact that she never looks back hints that there is far more emotional depth to her character furthermore most of the characters show true growth Mr Incredible is arrogant at the start and then learns to be humble and compassionate Mrs Incredible finds her drive and kick Asari again after being an awesome mum swept up in the day-to-day. Violet becomes more confident, Dash tones down his impulsivity and resentment, and Jack-Jack develops every power. The movie also highlights a healthy, functional, loving and respectful married relationship between Mr. and Mrs. Incredible, something that is rarely present in other Disney Pixar films, particularly in the main storyline. Syndrome is an incredible villain who actively identified villain tropes and acts against them. We see his initial interactions with Mr. Incredible, which adds legitimacy to his vendetta, and his evil plan is actually a pretty good one. Not only did the film present real, well-rounded characters that grew and developed, it presented viewers with three incredibly individual, inspiring female characters and smash the Bechdel test out of the park. Mrs. Incredible, Edna Mode and Violet have very different personalities, motivations and trajectories and none of them are plain ingenue damsels in distress reliant on a man to rescue them. Where Toy Story has women who are background characters who serve nothing to the actual plot, The Incredibles features a full cast of men and women who work together respectfully, something that doesn't seem to exist in the world that Toy Story posits. The writing in The Incredibles is so good that it won an Annie Award for writing in an animated feature production. The movie is incredibly quotable with many of these quotes and moments working 
working their way into our popular culture. For example, where is my super suit? Greater good, I am your wife. I am the greatest good you're going to get. No capes. I never look back, darling. It distracts from the now. Pull yourself together uh, and you've got me monologuing. The artistry in the film is also stunning. The colour schemes were used to great effect from the muted, stylized, warm tones in the op opening introductory scenes, not the least of which was a stunning sunset that Elastigirl disappears into, the grey dull tones of Mr Incredible's workplace and the lush, exotic, tropical jungle which helped create depth and character to every scene, including the action-packed ones. Not to mention the wonderful audio landscape that is a perfect score by Michael Giacchino, a breathtaking homage to Bond and other such spy movies from the 1960s where the film is set. Now, um, on the other hand, Toy Story is fundamentally flawed and is troubling that these characters are role models for children. Woody is a sour, jealous and self-centred bully. While he is king of the toys, he is seemingly supportive and caring, but the second his position is threatened, he becomes a horrible person. Despite the fact that Buzz is kind to the other toys, Woody hates them as Buzz has taken his perceived dominance. The rest of the characters are shallow, one-dimensional caricatures and I think the worst offence is Woody's character growth. Woody is insecure when Buzz arrives and, in fact, he leads the toys in snooping at the party out of fear of being replaced. He threatens Buzz to his face and wishes he was a crater and actively tries to maim Buzz when trying to get back into Andy's favour. And in the final act of the film, where we suppose that Woody has accepted Buzz and surrendered his ego and put Andy's knees above his known, no, he has actually... <laughs> if you look at what he says, it does not occur at all. Woody is contrite at sits home. He doesn't apologise for his behaviour or wrongdoings. He just sulks that he isn't the favourite because Buzz is cooler than him. Not only that, but the world is not consistent and the rules set up by the writer seem to apply or not apply when required to further the story. That is, the toys only feel, seem to feel, feel pain half the time. The toys are sentient while frozen, yet Buzz seems not hear Andy's reference to him being a toy maintaining his illusions. Sid's toys don't talk for some weird reason. The toys can seemingly run at 40 kilometres an hour and perspective and Relative size is often forgotten. For example, Andy's magic eight ball that somehow fits neatly into Woody's hands. The film in and of itself is fine but not outstanding. It does not add anything of value into children's lives. In fact, the story in essence is about two middle-aged white men fighting about who is the best at a job which requires absolutely no skills whatsoever above simply existing. The biggest thing missing from Toy Story, which is so clear and pointed in The Incredibles, is the heart. In The Incredibles, we see a family of strong individuals that accept each other and each other's vulnerabilities in order to work together to overcome a challenge that not only threatens the lives of unknown innocents, but the lives of their very own family members. This is a movie that inspires children and adults alike to be better people, and not only that, does it in a flawless and beautifully made way that still stands up today. This movie is a consistent, well-thought-out, complete story which fully realises... The, the jig is up, you jaded, jug-headed jack-in-the-box! Well, well done. done. Oh, <laughs> I was like 10 words off too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is a lot of oh. cross-contamination here. Do we with, want a word uh, count on what I just said? Uh, I'm going to guess 1,000. Um, 1,339. Well done. Exact. So if we're going for words per minute. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be putting all of that in the show Ooh. notes. Um, all right, so we're going to take a break now. We're going to decompress. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come back and we're going to be uh, cross-examining both of the debaters. All right, so... Cross-examination. Now, both of these films are similar in the fact that they are both icons of Pixar's achievements. So, there were a few moments where... Okay, I'm going to specifically pick on Patrick now. Oh. Supporting <laughs> characters. You yes. said that uh, The Incredibles does not have a suite of well-developed supporting characters. Like, I will admit... Mm. Toy Story does. However, Edna Mode, Aurora. Who's Aurora? Is Syndrome's assistant. Okay, so Syndrome's assistant, who we all remember as Aurora. Continue. Uh, well, <laughs> Mirage, I will the say. tone is the argument Mirage. there. Mirage. So not oh, Mirage. Well, I'm glad. Okay, so the memorable character of Aurora slash Mirage, who we all know and love. <laughs> well, uh, I'm just going to say. Do you want because me to ask you to quote um, those side characters? Cause when, when we are when we're talking yeah. about... Uh, side characters yeah. in a movie mm -hmm. that is a nominally about toys that gender doesn't yes. really play a role. In this suite of side characters, there is not much female representation. Yeah, I'm happy to discuss that. Please do. Yep. Every single female character in The Incredibles revolves around their relationship with Mr. Incredible. End point. 
Mirage slash Aurora. <laughs> Mrs. Incredible and Edamone do have a discussion, but the reason she's there is to find out information about her husband. Are you saying that Edna Mode revolves around Mr. Incredible? No, but I'm saying her purpose... <laughs> That's I'm, what you said. I'm no. saying her purpose in the film is to be there when Mrs. Incredible needs to ask questions about her husband. She's a great character. I'm not saying I she's mean, not great. The, but the, I ref- the I, toys are only there to serve the purpose of the character. And the toys the characters yeah. themselves exist off screen. Mm. Edna Moon has a very rich life that is referenced yeah. a number of times off screen. She is shown working for dozens of of high profile yeah, no, superheroes. Yeah, that's absolutely that fine. But her Mr. purpose Incredible. in the film and the reason why she's there, they wouldn't put in that montage if she wasn't there to have a conversation with Mrs. Inc- with Mr. with Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl. About her husband. Now, I'm happy to admit that there are not as many female leads in Toy Story, but I do believe the ensemble cast is still stronger, and we know that because of the reputation and the iconography of not just... I mean, that that point has been granted. I'm not fighting yeah, against that. Our lead cast and then a couple of what, Frozen what I, and Edmund. What I am got- saying is that the female representation in... Mm. Incredibles, the point that I'm giving the Incredibles is yeah. that it has better female representation and female characters. While I, I'll concede that, I do not concede that that makes Toy Story a worse film. I'm not. Uh, that is, that is, that is, the, <laughs> that is, well, that is two rounds away, Patrick. Yeah. What I'm, what, all I wanted to, mm. wanted you to discuss was yeah. the lack of female characters mm. in Toy Story. And, and I think you've done that. That's fine. Now I'm going to pick on Stacey for a okay. moment. Do it. <clears throat> now. In The Incredibles. Yes. It is, for all intents and purposes, yes. a parody. Yep. Can you talk a moment of why it is a good parody rather than creating a text in and of itself? So it is a parody, mm-hmm. but it was also the first film, and not just Disney Pixar film, but first film that did what it did um, as far as telling a superhero story. Now, before that, sure, we had your Supermans and your Batmans and your X-Mens and, you know, stuff like that. But they weren't really – they weren't really in-depth. They weren't really character-driven. They weren't – they were just kind of like, here's a bad guy, shoot up the bad guy, good. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really go have any heart. They didn't really um, knuckle down into characters. And really, they only really followed – the lead villain and the lead hero, shoot them up, done. This film creates these really well-rounded, really interesting characters and incredibly relatable characters. So, again, remember, this is before MCU. This is before we had the beautiful, flawed Marvel superheroes. We had your Batmans and your Supermans, which were not really very flawed. They had a lot of money. They had a lot of strength. Um, They weren't really relatable. These characters are relatable. They, they, it is, it is a cartoon, so they are a little caricatured. They are a little bit stereotyped okay. and a bit can over you, the top. Can you give me some specific examples? Yes. Because as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Yes. Incredible is pretty much just a dumb Superman. Um, can yep. you give me some examples of how this film expands upon the what it's parodying? Because it, okay, it is at least a very mean. heavy montage. Yes. What I need from you yes. is justification of why it isn't just a parody. Because it is its own individual story. It doesn't rely on making fun of things. It creates its own world. And okay. and it has real humans as superheroes living really real mundane lives, having real family arguments in the middle of an action scene. Um where, you know, action scenes, okay, they have comedy, but we've got these real human moments that we go, oh, I've had that same argument, maybe not when I'm shooting down a, like, you know, giant robot. But um, so it was making fun of family tropes and kind of making fun of superhero movies and then okay. mushing them together. Absolutely. Um, to create well, this you, whole you've just touched on world building. Yes. Which is uh, something that both of you brought up. I would like you to discuss, like you to specifically discuss the world that you're – uh, film built uh, in comparison to the world that your opponent's film built. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw it to Patrick first this time. Mm. Um, so just to specifically why the world in Toy Story is more uh, more whatever you want to mm. class as good yep. than The Incredibles. Yep. Can I quickly make a point? One. You yep. make one point. Um, Stacey mentioned that Incredibles is before the modern MCU. That's correct. But it is not before Fantastic Four. 
the movie is the Fantastic Four. The heroes are the same as the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four and the Fantastic after. Four has always been about the family dynamics of that group well, interrupting we'll superhero demands. You and why they had to rewrite <laughs> Fantastic Four when The Incredibles came out because the storylines were too similar. So we'll, we'll let our fact check it. Go. Let's it. hark back to the world building question. Yes, the world building question. I think the strength of why Toy Story is the better film is in its world building because mm-hmm. the world building of Toy Story creates something that I don't believe I have ever experienced from any other film. I spoke a little bit of how this is achieved through cinematography where we get the idea by putting the camera down at the level in between these characters, what it does is it puts us in the world of these toys that come to life and their one purpose is to love us. Their Mm -hmm. goal is to love us and to be there for us. Woody is jealous because he is no longer the top dog, but that's because he craves that love and attention for Andy and all of the toys seek and fear replacement because they adore their humans. What this does and what this achieves through creating the notion that there is a secret world where toys come to life and interact and their goal is to love you is Can that- Can you use this, I'm about this to make direction that you're about to go on? Yeah. Can you tie that into Stacey's criticism about the inconsist- inconsistencies in the film? I- I will tell you why there are no inconsistencies right. in the film. Please. Um, and what this does, what this notion of the fact that our toys come to life and they miss us and they want us to come back is the reason why, and I did this yesterday when I watched the film, after watching it, you go check on your toys. You sit them upright on the bed. I have a reindeer teddy bear called Morris and I got worried because I didn't know where Morris was when I stopped watching Toy Story. Is it because you're a bad person, Patrick? Morris was on the bed. But (laughs) the important thing is it creates a world that is understandable and emotional for us. And once we leave the cinema, this film enriches our relationship with the objects of sentimental value and history within our lives and grants them new meaning, new life and new purpose. And it strengthens those relationships. This isn't a superhero film where you leave and go, that was cool. This is a film that draws upon your personal history and uses that as its an emotional core. It's brilliant. Now, where are we talking about inconsistencies in the way that Toy Story operates as a universe? Yes. I would like to see where they are. The toys have set rules and they even touch upon them in the film, which is they're not meant to be seen as alive. They have to break that rule in the film to scare Sid and that is such an exciting moment for they the audience. They actually break it at other times in the movie as well when they're running around. Yeah, they run around the house <laughs> because they have to escape. This is how stakes work in a film. Characters need to break the rules and do something daring and different to okay. overcome the obstacles. I believe that the, and the notion that toys are secretly enjoying our relationships and they have to stay quiet and then they live their own personal lives and then in Toy Story you see them manipulating the world, going on through a great escape heist through the roof of Sid's house and then turning it into this sort of pseudo-horror film at the end where they all rise up against Sid who has been killing and mutilating toys in a really scary way is exciting and it's fun to see our heroes break the rules to overcome adversary. That's fun to watch. I believe that the rules are consistent and clear within the Toy Story universe and that they build a world that lets us interact with our worlds around us. Wonderful. Stacey. Yeah. Why doesn't The Incredibles have any songs that you can sing? Fantastic point. Good question. Well, to be fair, Toy Story has... One song. Three. She's a one-hit wonder. <laughs> three songs. He, he said three. We're not talking about Toy Story. No, no, no. I'm happy to talk about Toy Story right now. Also, I, I, will, I will just – I'll do a Patrick and I'm just going to make an extra point on this inconsistency. Yeah. Pain is compl- incredibly inconsistent in Toy Story, whether they can feel pain. Um, I'm sorry, Buzz loses an arm when he is awake – and doesn't have to hide pain because he's need to be frozen for a human. And he's just like, I'm a Nesbitt. He doesn't go, I lost my arm and I'm That's in pain. If the okay. argument is that okay. the superhero film is realistic, but the toy film is not, I don't think it's I'm a I'm just saying point. if you build a world, you need to be consistent with the rules within that world. And they're not consistent with the rules within the world that they have created. At what point does Buzz say pain. that he's not in pain? I'm what sorry, do you, no, no, do you need to say that you're not in pain when your no. arm falls off? But what happens? Don't worry, guys. No. I'm not in pain. 
I mean, toys do reference pain in the film. But I also don't believe that this is a relevant point for why the film is bad. It is, no, it's You'll notice I'm not writing anything more down, so we should move on (laughs) to something that I do want to write. Sorry, can you re ask your question? I have to. Why doesn't The Incredibles have any songs that you can sing? Because I think the. Part of the great joy of having songs you can sing is for the characters to, you know, when when you can't express what you need to do in simple words, you sing. Yes, that's, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, a musical trope. I think the movie was set up in a way that the story and the characters propelled themselves forward and they didn't require songs to explain that. I think the, the, the way that this film was going is it really wanted a very realistic portrayal of a very normal family in a very un, um, not normal. I was going to say unnormal and I'm like, that's not right. Um, not normal yep. situation. Okay. And I think if you had characters breaking into songs, it would ruin that whole gag that they had um, at the heart of it where these are very, very real people who are very much like us but in a very interesting, unusual situation. Okay. Um, but the music was brilliant and, and greatly supported the film, including the setting of, of the 60s and that brassy and it – and it gave us all of these emotions and told the stories through the themes that had character themes that were built and woven throughout. That helped aid the storytelling and the world building. But the characters, um, in order to keep them relatable and real, didn't burst into song. Okay. Which is kind of what Toy Story did as well in that they didn't burst into song. The songs were around the characters in the story, but they didn't actually sing themselves. Yeah, that's what I was... Now, I have one final question and it is for both of you Mm. just to talk about your own films. Um, Both of you have touched on this, but I want you just to expound just a little bit, not too long. I know you have a lot of points to make and you're both very passionate about your films. I want to know uh, just a little bit about why the legacy of your film is more important to Disney than your opponents. So don't reference your opponent's film, just talk about your own film and the legacy that it leads to Disney. Uh, Patrick first. Okay. I think that Toy Story's legacy clearly speaks for itself. It is perhaps the only flawless film franchise ever. Maybe Lord of the Rings, if you don't count The Hobbit, which I sadly do, we all had to experience <laughs> that. The I most, agree with that. The most, re- the most recent Toy Story film just came out and it is, again, a brilliant piece of work within the Disney Pixar canon. Every single Toy Story film has been beloved, has had a profoundly emotional effect on its audiences. It's now an online, not even an online, a real life thing that you go to a Toy Story movie to cry about your childhood because you are reconnecting with it so empathetically and so passionately. Toy Story, its legacy is that it invented the Pixar film industry and started what is now the mainstay of family cinema, which is the animated film, where worlds can be created in absolutely mind-boggling ways that children love. And Toy Story also invented and started the trope of these animated films having friendly adult humour and being loved by parents as well. People like to talk about Shrek as being the example. Shrek is vulgar, yes, but Toy Story has so many good jokes that are absolutely hilarious for adults. Before you start listing them... Oh, I'm going to switch over to Stacey. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Because there's a lot of jokes. I know. (laughs) I think that this movie is incredibly important for the Disney Pixar legacy because it is such an incredibly made film, an incredibly written film. Yes, Disney makes lots of movies and, you know, they make movies for kids. They make movies for kids and adults. Um, And some of those movies are just – they're good. They're fine. They're okay. This movie is such a well-written, well-constructed piece of filmmaking that it actually stands up to films outside of the animated genre. And that's not something that you can say very often of an animated film that actually stands up to other films of the same genre that aren't animated because I think sometimes they're really spoken down to. I think the other thing that makes this such an incredible thing for the legacy is that they didn't just push out sequels for money. They didn't go, oh, this is a really recognisable franchise and, oh, we've got these characters that are really easy to make into toys to sell to children. This is a incredibly um, 
heartwarming and important story, um, an influential story, and we're going to wait. We're going to wait 14 years until we get the story just exactly right before we create a sequel because we don't want to ruin this magical film that we've made by bringing out a dodgy sequel. Um, And I think part of that is is Brad Bird and his direction and and the fact that he really – pushed for that perfection and for in that story writing and storytelling. Can I clarify? Yes. This is a very important point and yes. it's just yes or no. Yes. Are you with that last point asserting that Toy Story 2, 3 and 4 are in any way dodgy films? No. Okay. But that's fine. I'm that, not. That's, that's perfectly fine. No, no, no. Fine. You're saying fine. but they didn't want to risk a dodgy film. They didn't want to risk, yeah, they in, didn't want to risk a dodgy sequel because Incredibles, we know. They didn't yeah, no, sorry, that wasn't a stab yeah. at no, Toy no, no, Story. No, no, I didn't take it as a stab. I didn't I mean, think it was. No. I just wanted well, to clarify. Some, I mean, there was a bit of an uproar about the fourth being like, oh, well, the perfect ending with third and one of But, But there have been sequels in the Disney canon that aren't mm-hmm. particularly... Correct. Um, they are. That is a reputation great. that Disney has. And, and, <laughs> and they were like, you know what, they could have easily Dark have times. made a sequel. There was a lot of demand for the sequel yeah. for The Incredibles and they're like, no, nah, we're going to wait till a really good story. And I think that speaks to the integrity of the film. And there was massive hype. I mean, I, I'm a teacher. I had 14-year-old kids um, at the time that the movie was released. So the, the, the original Incredibles was released the year they were born um, and they were hyped about the sequel. Um, and I was hyped because <laughs> I remembered loving the original so much. So um, I think that really speaks to the quality filmmaking um, of The Incredibles and Absolutely. the story that it told. I agree. That's the end of this round. Oh. So we're going to take another break. We're going to come back with your closing arguments, three minutes to let us know right after this. End of the argument, three minutes each to tell me why your Disney film is the best Disney film and your opponent's Disney film is not the best Disney film. Mm. Patrick, we'll be starting with you. Three minutes, your time starts. When you start talking, you'll have no warning. You'll just be cut off at three minutes by Darkwing Duck. Okay, so I think what we really need to acknowledge is both of these films are great, but where Toy Story proves itself more than anywhere is the message. Its message is clearer and better than that of The Incredibles. The Incredibles is a nice family film, but thematically, it has issues. It veers heavily into like Ayn Randian objectivism where the story it tells, while nice for the superheroes, isn't as nice for the rest of the cast. The non-supers are generally annoying obstacles and it states that common man who isn't special is a barrier for gifted people who should get these... Regular people should get out of the way and let the special people do what they need to do because they are right, they are better than you, and they are moving on. There's even a gag at the start where there's a man who's considered stupid for being rescued from his suicide who's trying to sue Mr. Incredible for interrupting his life and saving him. And that's treated like a funny thing to do. But at the end of the day, these regular people in the world of Incredibles are just dumb people who need to be saved from themselves. Now, while that's cool in a superhero movie, it doesn't teach us a very good message because our villain, who, believe me, isn't actually that good, um, is someone who is striving to be just as good as the supers. That is his goal. He wants to be special, and he is seen as perverting the natural order, and the only person who's trying to be as special as the superheroes is painted as the villain. The moral within that story is that unless you are special, you do not deserve the same place in society as these people. Toy Story, on the other hand, has a message that is incorruptible. The message is that no matter who you are, no matter what role you fill, you are important, you can give love, and you deserve to be loved. Buzz realises that he's not an actual spaceman, but what is more important is his relationships with others and the joy he can bring to Andy. Woody realises he's not going to be the favourite anymore, but he's not actually selfish. What he does twice in the film is abandon getting back to Andy to rescue Buzz from certain decimation by Sid, both in the claw machine and then again when the moving truck is leaving. What matters in Toy Story is that you are part of something, you are part of relationships with your peers, with your fellows who are all equal and that you all deserve to be loved. And I believe that is why Toy Story at its heart is a more important film with a stronger message than The Incredibles. All right. Didn't need all three minutes. Why would you? Stacey, we'll now pass over to you. Your three minutes will start when you start talking. Toy Story overly relies on a feeling of nostalgia 
to try and make us believe that it is the better film. It is not the better film. Despite the fact that it has toys as its central protagonists and we can buy toys as children and we can play with our toys and we can watch a film with toys and we can be like, oh, my toys are alive. It is not a better film. Nostalgia is wonderful and it covers many ills. But the fact is that Toy Story is not consistent and it is very problematic in the characters that it praises for the entirety of its film. It centres around two white, middle-aged, whiny men who are meant to love their, their, uh, their master, who are meant to look after his best interests, but purely look after themselves, particularly um, Woody. He isn't out to rescue Buzz from Sid because it's a good thing to do and, oh, gee, I don't want to see him die. He can't, can't go home without him and he says that when he finds Buzz out and about. He goes, oh, I can't go home without him or I'll be ostracised. He's not trying to do the right thing. He's not trying to protect or love his master. He's looking out for himself and even with his growth through the movie, you don't even see that. He never admits he did anything wrong. He never changes he just goes oh oh well I guess we'll work together so you know and I'm just whinging because you're cooler than me the Incredibles is not Iranian by the way the writers itself uh, say so and the enemy is clearly innocent murdering innocent people with his technology if he was simply going hey buy some cool jetpacks cool I don't think anyone would have a problem with that he's like buy some jetpacks also I'm going to kill you so you buy my jetpacks <laughs> it's it's the theme is not that um, people, um, the average person is is not of importance. The message is is that um, is that family and being together and doing the right thing, despite your challenges, despite your limitations, accepting your limitations, stating your limitations, and doing the right thing. Yes. Syndrome is an incredible villain and we see why he is and we can see that wrong turn that he took and that he is trying to murder innocent people just, you know, because. Um, the Look, we're not debating who created a genre here. Toy Story did a remarkable thing in what it did with the CGI world but we're debating what is a better film and really – it's really clear The Incredibles is by far the better film. It has better characters. It has better stories. It has more consistency in its world building. It is beautiful. It sounds beautiful. And it doesn't rely on nostalgia to do its job for it. All right. Almost to the second. Well done. Okay, so now while I go over my notes and make some sense of the scroll that I have on my book, please tell each other why you like the other person's film. I'll go first. Sure. Go. No order. Open season. (laughs) Just go for it. I think The Incredibles is genuinely a fantastic film. It is brilliant. I uh, love the character design. I think what it does is while it does borrow a lot from previous superhero uh, films and especially from Fantastic Four, I think it's the best Fantastic Four film that's ever been made. (laughs) It really is, though. It really is. Like no other film has been able to represent those characters as well. And yes, it's a satire of that. And yes, it spins off on it. But what it did is it captures the essence of why the Fantastic Four comics were so popular and what was so good about that and does what no movie ever did. Yes, they change a lot of it about it. But what they do is capture the heart of why those heroes were important and put it in a really interesting setting with a fantastic, strong visual style. And they and I, while it doesn't have um, the earworms that Toy Story has, the music is brilliant. Yeah, the jazzy so 60 soundtrack cool. is amazing, and it's I do love it. I don't music, think it's as catchy it as great. Toy Story, but I think it does what the film needs it to do, and it complements the films the film beautifully. Yeah. I think The Incredibles holds an extremely important part in the Disney film canon and yeah. I think it's one of Disney's better films yeah. genuinely I struggle to think of movies that Disney or Pixar have made that I like more than The Incredibles yeah it's great it's a great film and look Toy Story is also a great film um it <laughs> when I knew I was coming up against it I was like mm. you know I, I, when Zane was like yeah you'll um, be doing Incredibles I was like are you I joking know, and, <laughs> I, and I went hard and I had to go hard because it's People love it so much, um, and so I just knew that beauty. That and I did. I use it as an argument, the nostalgia factor. But it it has like an incredible amount of nostalgia uh, for Toy Story. It came out right in you know millennials' childhood, and um, it, it was like uh, merchandising and getting the toys and and the whole immersion in that world. Um, 
I think it was a it was a very interesting uh, film and it was a lovely film and I still love it. I, I do stand by a lot of my arguments against it, but I do love the film. I think it's a wonderful film and people love it and, yeah. and love it hard. Um, <laughs> and I can There's see a lot why. Of love <laughs> I mean, Tom, I like Toy Story Tom Hanks better. and Tim it. Allen, I mate. What a team. I like the Slinky and the T-Rex. That's what, what a team. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has That's characters why that they I like love. it. That's yeah. I was like, yes, they these are, guys are the greatest. Um, they are great little um, one-liner characters. Like they do have Brilliant. these great quips. Um, they don't have a lot of depth to it. Mate, what they say oh, is just bangers. When they, it's just when bangers. If I had more time, time and we could talk about the depth. <laughs> It'd be Patrick They're just quoting the movie. But the thing is, what was it made for? It was made to make for children and it was made it had adult humor too but did it serve its purpose yeah of course it did you know it's got heaps of awesome characters it brought things to life for kids i think it was a wonderful film well interesting the reason why it was cleared was because they were like we can make toys with the technology we've got we yeah can't make people exactly yeah, we can't make people yet. It's, it's too hard to make people mm. but we can make toys and because they their movements they need are, to look plastic so they perfected plastic yeah and their <laughs> movements are um less mobile and and when you see him oh and i meant to say this in my argument but anyway when you make humans Humans, no humans. So they go, mm, that's not right. Mm, that's that not right. Which is why thing. those humans in Toy Story, I was going to say that, they look so Well, weird. also, I rewatched to- Incredibles dog. 2 is great. Have you gone back and seen what the boyfriend, Violet's boyfriend, <laughs> looks yes. like from Incredibles oh. 1? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God, they and cut budget on him. <laughs> I was so like, they he looks like, so we'll cute in Incredibles 2, but I went back and watched Incredibles 1. I was like, He's oh, like, everyone really? looks great except for you. What He's happened really to you? But it was a really last weird. minute addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the dog and toy story. And it's this yeah. plastic thing. Or anxious, oh, it's great. It's great. The time has okay. come oh. for me to do Save the impossible. Can I just say that in my notes here, right next to each other, I have the words Hobbit question mark question mark <laughs> and Ayn Rand question mark question mark. I think there shouldn't be question marks next to Ayn Rand. I made that point very clearly. <laughs> uh so these are two inarguably almost perfect films. Oh, so um, Toy Story was the first and it made everything else possible and that can't be denied. Um, that, is, that is a huge point in its favour and that's something yep. that The Incredibles has to overcome. Yep. Um, again, like you mentioned the awards that The Incredibles won and it, and it was very heavily lauded, um, but a lot of the awards that it won weren't around when Toy mm. Story was made. And I, that's just the changing of the industry. Yeah. Um, and, again, like Toy Story was made with toys because they couldn't make humans yeah. and now the Incredibles have human stories to tell because they can animate humans. Um you both spun the fact that there were sequels and the fact that there weren't sequels as a positive, and I granted it to both of you. Nice. Um, I think mm. Toy Story <laughs> made the most of its yeah. sequels, and, <laughs> and I think that uh, The Incredibles would have been foolish to push out sequels that weren't right. Yeah. Um, and it would be mere speculation to to say whether or not it's going to be better or worse, and I'm glad that you didn't go into that. Uh, again, the world building is... Very different, but this is what Pixar does. Pixar created a process uh, with Toy Story and then The Incredibles does have a bit of a benefit in, the, in, in having that history and being able to finesse that, that, that side of things. So I think when it comes to the actual, the process, the animation, and even down to the world building, making these big broad strokes and then drilling down on the details is something that was missing from Toy Story because they were making an animated film that was at least in inverted commas for children, Mm. whereas The Incredibles, Mm. they were much more aware of the adult audience that they were going to get as well. So on that side of things, that creative side of things, that was a point for The Incredibles. Mm. Music... The score for The Incredibles is amazing. So good. You've Got a Friend in Me is iconic. Uh, there isn't there's, – there's no real point here to be made. They're different. Um, they're it's just they're such different, yeah. different and, again, Scores, yeah. perfect for the movies. Mm. When it came to the message, though, and I think you lost me with Ayn Rand, um, I don't, don't get really? me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Toy Story has lots of great message about community mm. and belonging and and uh, and I, I guess like prioritization mm. um, and meaning in your life. But where Toy Story makes you you leave the film 
and you consider the relationship that you have with your toys, like you did with your rainbow bear. No. The uh, Incredibles, you leave the film and you reconsider the relationship you have with your family. Yeah. Uh, that is the dynamic that is there and it's a little bit more real. Um, so when it comes down to it, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Incredibles is the better Disney film. Yes. I'm launching an appeal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there will There's be a board. process. There's a process. There, there is, there is a poll. I feel you like can... you were robbed, Patrick, but that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> I'm completely impartial, guys. These it's are fine. two incredibly yeah, quotable so films, good. enjoyable films, films that will continue on for decades as classics. This is a very difficult. Very difficult decision for me to make. I I just think, it, and it was, I I wish, I wish there was one thing that you could pick on for either film yeah. that would make the decision easy. Yeah. Like if if there was poor animation or there was poor acting or, but each of the films balances the so other good. out so much. Um, so this was very close, and I imagine that the poll on this is going to be Tight. razor thin. Mm. Uh, so check our Facebook page if you're listening to this now. Congratulations, Stacey. Thank you. Um, I, I honestly did not foresee a world in which Toy Story was knocked out this early. I'm so sorry, fans of Toy Story. <laughs> Don't you be. Down. Don't no, be. No, I'm so, so well argued. He already is. He's justice. already down. No, <laughs> I'll bring him back. I'll it's be just... seeing myself out with a rusty bucket and a rope. <laughs> it's just incredible. It's better. Uh, this, is a, this is a family <laughs> friendly a podcast, Patrick. Kids, just to carry your toys around, do right? do what Patty don't does. <laughs> um, thank you, Patrick, for, for fighting so so gallantly and eloquently for Toy Story, you did not. Great job. You did not let anyone down. This it was, was a valiant, very hard. Valiant fight. Uh, and thank you again for our fact check. Effect checking us all the way through to the end, Georgie. Uh, we will be here same time next week with another debate. Until then, keep watching Disney, everyone. Cool. Bork, hello. Bork, bork, hi. You know what you need to be doing? You need to be listening to the Floof and Papa podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories. Dog breeds. Dog tips and tricks. Dog puns. Dog jokes. Dog everything. Out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Papa podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Supervalue now have more online slots than ever before. Shop now at supervalue.ie. Collect your weekly shop with our contactless collection service. At Supervalue, we're there for you. Oh. Sounds like there's a breakdown in communication. Next time, come to a Skoda workshop where our after-sales team speaks fluent Skoda. We understand those mysterious little sounds and can fill you in on all your car's needs. We also offer free 12-month roadside assistance and only use genuine parts. Book your service at skodaservice.ie. Skoda. Simply clever.